And if you're well, you're watching us on theantioch.com, whether it's live or archive, we welcome you this morning into our broadcast. Praise God. If you're physically able to stand this morning, would you please stand? What a great honor and privilege uh, it is. It has been this weekend. We're, we're, we're disappointed that it's shorter than expected, but I don't think this is the last time he'll be here. And this is a great honor today to have with us Brother Jeff Morgan from California previously. But Brother Morgan, would you come minister the word to us this morning? Amen. Would you clap your hands under the Lord? We've worshiped. But it just feels good to worship. Give him honor. Give him praise. Come on, just one more time. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. Doesn't it feel good to be in the presence of the Lord? Amen. Several years ago, I was privileged to be on staff uh, at another church, obviously not this one. And uh, there was an elderly gentleman there that used to lead service, and he would teach every now and then. And he had one of the cutest sayings. He would say, I'd rather be here today than in the best hospital in all the world. And that's just never left me. I'd rather be here today than anywhere in the world, but for sure the best hospitals in the world, because the Lord is here. Well, I believe that. The Lord is here. The Lord is here. The Lord is here. Amen. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. I don't want to be like the guy in the Old Testament that awakened and said, he was here, but I missed it. I want to be the fellow that understands and discerns the moving of the Spirit and to do what is the will of God. I give honor today to this great church. I give honor to the rights today, bishop, pastor, this leadership, these men on this platform. Go ahead. They deserve that. Amen. Thank you for bearing with me last night. I will try to move a little quicker here today. Um, Probably won't, but people think that sounds good after a long sermon. The previous, it gives them hope. Amen. Second Kings chapter 5. Second Kings chapter 5. I believe that my wife and boy are watching this morning and just want to say that love you, praying, and that God's got it all. Second Kings chapter 5. Very familiar passage of Scripture. And while you're turning there, let me just make a comment here. I, I do firmly believe that God has everything in his own will and way. He is sovereign. He doesn't ask permission. And we say, though, that's not fair. Well, it depends on who you're asking. Depends on who you're asking. It probably wasn't fair that Joseph was thrown in the pit by his brothers, but it probably wasn't fair that he was chosen and not one of the other eleven. Just depends on who you ask. But if you stand away from it far enough and live through it long enough to look back upon it, you will always see the sovereignty of God is great, unsearchable, unknowable, but nevertheless a fact. God's just going to do what God wants to do. Amen. Amen. Second Kings chapter 5. I'm just going to read verse number 3 just to kind of give you a brief synopsis of this chapter. 
And she said unto her mistress, Would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. Verse number 11, But Naaman was wroth and went away and said, Behold, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. And then verse number 15, And it returned to the man of God, he and all of his company, and came and stood before him. And he said, Behold, now I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. Now, therefore, I pray thee, take a blessing of thy servant. But he said, As the Lord liveth, whom before I stand, I will receive none. He urged him to take it, but he refused. And Naaman said, Shall there not then, I pray thee, be given to thy servant two mules' burden of earth? For thy servant will henceforth offer neither burnt offering nor sacrifice unto other gods but unto the Lord. In this thing the Lord pardon thy servant, that when my master goeth into the house of Rimmon to worship there, and he leaneth upon my hand, and I bow myself in the house of Rimmon, when I bow down myself in the house of Rimmon, the Lord pardon thy servant in this thing. I know we're reading a lot, but just hang with me. And he said unto him, go in this peace, or go in peace. So he departed from him a little way. But Gehazi, would you say, but Gehazi. The servant of Elisha, the man of God, said, Behold, my master hath spared Naaman, the Syrian, in not receiving at his hands that which he hath brought. But as the Lord liveth, I will run after him and take somewhat of him. So Gehazi followed after Naaman. And when Naaman saw him running after him, he lighted down from the chariot to meet him and said, Is all well? And he said, All is well. My master hath sent me, saying, Behold, even now there come to me from Mount Ephraim two young men of the sons of the prophets. Give them, I pray thee, a talent of silver and two changes of garments. But Naaman said, Be content. Take two talents. And he urged him, bound two talents of silver and two bags and two changes of garments and laid them upon the servants and they bear them before him. And when he came to the tower, he took them from their hand, bestowed them in the house, and he let the men go, and they departed. But he went in and stood before the master, and Elisha said unto him, Whence comest thou, Gehazi? And he said, Thy servant went no whither. And he said unto him, Went not mine heart with thee, when the man turned again from his chariot to meet thee. This is what I want us to pay time or close attention to. Is it a time to receive money and to receive garments and oliveyards and vineyards and sheep and oxen and men servant, maid servants? The leprosy, therefore, that shall cleave unto thee and unto thy seed forever. And he went out from his presence a leper, white as snow. I know that's a long reading, and I normally don't read that much, but this morning it is. It is important for us to see the setting of this text. That 27th verse, the leprosy therefore of Naaman shall cleave unto thee and unto thy seed forever. And he went out from his presence, a leper, white as snow. I want to preach to you this morning on the importance of God's time. The importance of God's time. Would you lift your hands and your voices and give God some more praise here today. Don't, don't get quiet because it's not going to be like that. Just give God some praise.
Come on, that's it. Glorify the Lord. Mm. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Glory. Glory. Glory and honor. Glory and honor. Hallelujah. 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 You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. There is a revelation that must come to each and all of us. And that is in the timing of God, everything will come to pass. It will take place according to the will and the dictates of God. Nothing gets in the way of God. Nothing stops him. Nothing detours him. It did not catch God as a surprise when Adam and Eve ate of the forbidden fruit. Because before Adam and Eve were placed in the garden, the Bible looks back upon that event and it says this, I was formed, I was made, I was prepared a lamb from the foundations of the world. Before there was an earth spinning on its axis, there was a lamb slain. Before Adam and Eve was, there was a God of creation. We look back upon things with complete and divine understanding. But to live through those moments takes a walk with the Spirit. I am convinced today that God's timing is impeccable. I am convinced that God's timing is perfect. He's never early. He's never early, nor is he ever late. But he's always right on time. He will always be the lamb. He will always be the sacrifice. He will always be the light and the lily and the way and the bright and the morning star. You can't make him not the alpha and the omega. You can't change him from being the beginning and the ending because he's simply God. And there is no change nor changing of God. What he was, he is. And what God is, God will forever be. He is eternal. He is not, he is not, he is not a time creature. He steps into it. He steps out of it. He deals with us in time. But God is eternal. He is the eternality of all things. He was, come on somebody, He is and He will forever be. God simply... Is. He told, he told Moses when he stood before Pharaoh, when he asked you who it is that sent you, you just tell them the I am that I am hath sent you. When we look back upon that event like Jesus did in the New Testament, when they tried to trick him by asking, who are you really? Jesus winked at him and said, I am that I am. Matter of fact, 
before Moses was, I am. Not still am, but he said before Moses was, I am. I'll say it again. Before Moses was, I am. They looked at him and shook their heads in unbelief. And they said, but we see you here and now. How can you be here and now and there then And God smirked at them and said, I think you're finally figuring me out. I am God. I don't need permission to move in time. I create time. I clap your hands and give God praise. Hallelujah. To everything, there is a season and a time. And to every purpose under the heaven, there is a time to be born. There is a time to die. There's a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. Ecclesiastics gives us the insight and the understanding that with God, the pendulum will swing both ways. There will be a time to plant. And then there will be a time to reap that was planted. There's going to be a time to live and there's going to be a time to die. So God backs up and off of our world and looks upon it. But he has in his infinite wisdom predetermined circumstances and events. And he says, if you will meet me here at that particular time, I'm going to be there to do this. And it does not matter if you're there or not. I will be there at that particular time. You're going to make me work for this one, aren't you? It was Jesus and Nicodemus. It was Jesus and that wee little man when he climbed up in the sycamore tree wanting to see Jesus. Is that not the Bible? But the Bible says when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and seen Zacchaeus in the tree. The miracle is not Zacchaeus in the tree. The miracle is Zacchaeus knew what tree that Jesus was going to stop at. I've come to preach this morning to this congregation that God has predetermined today. God has predetermined the course of this meeting. God is going to do what only God has the power to do. You don't even have to get up to amen me, but it won't change what God's going to do in the next hour in this place. our hands and give God some more praise. Come on congregation. Hallelujah. He doesn't need my permission. He is just God. He's just going to do whatever God wants to do. But in his infinite wisdom and plan, in his sovereignty, he has set up the world. It will play according to his dictates. He said, I am God. I set men up. I build kingdoms. But at the snap of my fingers, I can tear them down. And I can destroy kingdoms. When God spoke to that prophet in the Old Testament, and he said, Israel will be born in a day. The prophet looked back at God and said, I'm not trying to call you a liar or doubt you. But is it 
impossible that a nation can be born in a day, not in a day as of a thousand years, but as in a day of 24 hours. And it was some 2,000 years later that Israel was born in 24 hours. It doesn't matter how long it takes God because God's word is final and God's word is eternal. Anytime I get to preaching like I'm preaching, I can scan the congregation and pick out those that have received the word from God. I can pick those out that has received the prophetic word of promise. But you are convinced that God is late. You are convinced that God has forgot you. And you are convinced that God's not going to do it. He said, I am God. I declare the end of a thing from the beginning of a thing. And I'm telling you, weeping may endure for a season. But joy still comes. Joy still comes. Joy, you better help me today. Because there is a time. There is a moment for this church. And it is today. Come on, believer. Come on, visitor. You didn't stumble into this place by chance. But you are here because it's your time. Hallelujah. I marvel. I marvel at the epitaphs of men. I went to stand at the graveyard, the cemetery of my grandparents just a few weeks ago. A great preacher, an apostolic man and woman. I couldn't have enough time today to tell you all the great things they did, in my opinion. But when you stand at the foot of that grave, you will see a name, Bertle J. Alvin. And under that name, there are two dates. You have his birth date. And you have his death date. And that's it. To do the unbeliever or those that do not know him. They walk across that grave and they see a name and the day he was born and the day he died. And all that can be known of man is when he shows up and when he leaves. Because that is the only, that is the only temporal things that matter to man in this life. It's not your money. It's not what you did. It's not who you become or what you achieve that matters. All that men have the ability to look at is when you got here and when you leave. Because that line represents eternal things. That line tells the story of your life. And men do not have the ability to discern that. But when God looks at that line, he sees how you're sitting here this morning. He watched how you responded to worship. He'll watch how you judge today. He knows your investment. Somebody ought to help me right now. I want to live my life that is pleasing to the eternal God. I want to make the eternal investments. To everything, there is a time. There's a difference to me in times and seasons. A time is a particular moment, either in a second or an hour or a minute or a day or a week or a month or a year, a decade or a millennium or a century. That's time. We better hurry. It's time to leave. It's time for work. 
it's time for lunch. One of my favorites, it's time to eat. It's time to go. It's time to go to bed. Because we live according to time. You are declared early or late by this. Not what you want, not what you thought, but you're declared early and late by the seconds that lead to minutes and minutes that lead to hours. Time is so valuable, it is the only thing that you are paid for. Because once you spend it, you never get it back. And we've learned to place value on things that can be spent but not replaced. Because it doesn't matter how much you are enumerated. It doesn't matter how much you amass for your time. You can't buy another second. You can't buy another minute. So it becomes important to you and I to understand the value of time and of times. The Bible speaks often of the time of the Gentiles, the time of the Jews, the time that the men of Issachar had an understanding of. A little time, a little this, a little that. Time is of utmost importance. But again, you know when time starts and time ends. But Proverbs or Ecclesiastics said that there's also something equated to time. And that is the seasons of God. You don't know when a season starts and when it ends. Um, fall can get here when fall shows up. Winter can show up whenever winter wants to show up. We think we can determine it, but you can't. You can say it's December the 5th. It ought to be a wintry storm today and have 70 degree weather only the next year to have 30 below weather on the same place on the same continent because God is the only one that controls seasons. You can mess with time, but you can't mess with seasons. And I stand in this pulpit today and tell you that the greatest moment of a church is when the right time crosses with the right season and you're going to have to do better than that today I said the greatest moment of a church is when the crossroads meet and you got the right time and the right season you want to be right there hallelujah because if you miss that moment, if you miss that time, you'll reap to the whirlwind. You don't want to miss God's time and or God's season. You want to know that when God shows up, you're willing to give all and do all and become all. That when God shows up, you'll climb the sycamore tree. And it doesn't matter who you got to step on or push through. It doesn't matter what you've got to do. Get out of my way. I've got to get There's an old, there's an old Pentecostal uh, attitude that we develop, and it's this: Well, we'll just wait and see. We're gonna, we're gonna die by that sword if we don't sheathe it. Right now, in this place, this morning, the presence of God is so rich and thick, and we're gonna wait and see what God does. You're going to sit right there on this Sunday morning and wait and see what God does. And God says, hook you. I'll go down to the Baptist church and give them what I intended to give you. But God won't do that 
You're out of your mind if you don't think God would do that. That's what Israel thought in the Old Testament, that God wouldn't do that. But that's exactly what God does. Because when it's God's time, He won't let anybody mess with it. He won't let anybody change it. That's why I can't believe some of you still hadn't got up and at least give me no Pentecostal wave. This is your time. I don't care how many times you've heard it. This. There ought to be some more aisle runners today. There ought to be some pew jumpers. There ought to be some more hand clappers. Somebody ought to be getting excited because God's time. I just found you. I'll work on you just a minute. God has nothing to prove to any of us. Let me just help some of you good folk here today. God doesn't have a thing to prove to you. If getting you out and getting you here isn't good enough, you'll never get in. You're going to sit right there. You're going to sit right there and be that perfect, pious Pentecostal. I don't have to come back next week. I really don't. You may not want me to. But you can sit right there and say, "Mm -hmm, yeah, well, we heard all this before. Mm -hmm, Yeah, whatever. It's going to take more than that to move me. And that is the attitude and the spirit that's killing the apostolic church. God is not a performer. He is a declarer of his divine word. And if you don't move with the word and on the word, you will lose the word. Now, that's a little better for Sunday morning revival. This is a little better for Sunday morning revival. God's going to make some of you mighty uncomfortable today because he's not going to let you just sit there and make this pulpit in him labor to impress you. He's finished impressing the church. He wants the church to impress him. What in name of God do you have to give God that he needs? Nothing. But he stops long enough to ask you to get involved. Every Pentecostal ought to have their hands together. Every born again believer ought to have their hands together right now. Nobody ought to be sitting there spectating. I just found the thing that needs to be broken at Antioch. You're not going to put a quarter in this slot machine and pull the lever and see if you hit jackpot. I don't have to impress anybody. God doesn't have to impress anybody. If the word preached in enough to get you to do what you ought to do, you can sit there until Jesus comes and you'll still be sitting there after. Careful preacher, you might offend me. Somebody needs to offend you evidently. Because when you can't be entertained by preaching. When preaching can't get you to your feet. When the word of God can't bring. You still going to sit there, aren't you? You're still going to make God come beg for your applause. He won't beg for it. He might demand it in a few moments. But he's not going to beg for it.
I think it's a sad day. Stay, stay, stay standing. We're, we're going to work on something here. I think it's a sad day when we think we've got pedigree in Pentecost. Man, I want me back. I think it's a sad day when your church can have a little prestige and world-renowned fame and you think you've earned a spot. You don't get a first-round buy. Well, we pray, we do this, we do that. It, it, it really matters very little at moments like right now. Just because I've lived for God 40 years or 50 or 30 or 20, that means I've earned the right to judge and I've earned the right to spectate. I've earned the right to sit back and wait and see. Hogwash. That's a lie from hell. That, that's a damnable doctrine. And it's costing us. Where are the miracle signs and wonders? You know where they are? Wrapped up in your carnality. They're wrapped up in your response to the word. You want proof? I'll give you proof. Stay standing. We're going to work on something here right now. The Amorites, the Moabites, and the inhabitants of Mount Seir join together. And they all come against Jehoshaphat and the people of God. Is that not right? Chronicles. Those three nations, those three tribes, those three kingdoms come against the people of God. Jehoshaphat got news and caused a panic attack. A prophet stood and said, Jehoshaphat, you need not go to war. For the Lord hath given these to you. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to set singers and dancers and worshipers. That's what you're going to do. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Right? Look at me. I am a firm believer in intercessory prayer. I am a firm believer and practicer of spiritual warfare. But there's just some times that God says, grab a tambourine. Get your dancing shoes on. Because this one's going to be different. And I am prophesying that this series of services will be different. This church is fixing to dance like it's never danced. It's going to worship like it's never worshiped. Not because I said so, but because we're going to get a fresh revelation of the power of the majesty of Jesus Christ. That's what you ought to be doing right now. You ought to be worshiping God. to an altar this is what will bring miracle signs and wonders this will work he said I know you've got a preconceived idea of how you ought to fight your battles but not this time and so they went to war dancing and singing and shouting and the Bible says when they came forth unto the wilderness of Tekoa and they looked into the valley that there were dead bodies falling everywhere. Watch. 
when they were coming up one side of the mountain, over the other side where they could not see, the Bible says the Lord set ambushments against the Amorites, the Moabites, and Mount Seir. The Amorites and the Moabites turned on each other. And what was left fought Mount Seir. But at the end of the day, all of them were destroyed. Correct me if I'm wrong, scholars. But Mount Seir is the Edomites. Descendants of Edom. Are you with me? Moabites and Amorites are descendants of Lot through incest. One word describes those two fellas or three fellas. One word. Flesh. Esau is Edomites. Esau served his soul his birthrights for his belly, his physical belly. The, the, the sons of, of Lot couldn't, couldn't resist their own sisters. Uncontrolled, unsubmitted flesh. Now we will puke on that stuff, but how about the Pentecostals that come to church and do this? I, I, I normally don't preach like this, but here we are. How about those that say, nah, you, you ain't impressed me yet. How about this one? This, this ought to tell you I've been around a while. Well, it's Sunday morning. We don't have church like this on Sunday morning. I puke on our culture. It makes me sick. I'm sorry if I offend some of you righteous folk, but it makes me sick. I was born and bred in this. I've got a right to pick at it a little bit. It makes me sick. Come here, brother man. When they got there and they topped it and they looked out to the wilderness of the valley of Tekoa, the Bible says there were dead bodies falling everywhere. And when they got to walking through the valley of dead bodies, flesh, when they got to walking through the valley of flesh, they looked in the pockets of the Edomites, the Amorites, and the Mount Seir. And in their pockets was silver and gold. And the Bible says, and it was in abundance, that they were three days in the gathering of the spoil. The miracles that you so desperately seek, Sometimes you got to get up and dust your knees off and find that old apostolic praise. You better help me now because when I finish, you're not going to like this. This is the time of celebration for Antioch. This is the time of worship for Antioch. This is the time we pull the stops and say, let there be high praise in the house. They ought to be 50 aisle runners. They ought to be 100. on folks there's something trying to happen to Antioch today there's something predetermined in God's times and God's seasons 
That's what we used to do. That's the kind of worship we used to have. Turn around, turn around right now and look at your neighbor. Turn around and look at your neighbor. Look him right in the eye and repeat after me. I, I got to praise. I got to praise that I got to get out. Look at your neighbor and say, I, I got to praise. I got to praise that I got to get out. Come on, somebody. Look at your neighbor and say, I, I got to praise. I've got to praise and I got to get out. I can't control it. I can't stop it. It feels like fire. Shut up. Sit there and doubt it. Die in disbelief. Die in your disease. But if God's people will worship him, if God's people will magnify him, there will be. I got to praise and I got to get it out. It's my miracle. It's my deliverance. It's my answered prayer. And still some of you stand there. And still some of you wonder. And still some of you judge. Why don't you just close your eyes and say, I, I got to praise. I got to praise and I got to get out. I, I got to praise. I got to praise and I... I, I got to praise. I got to praise and I... I gotta praise. Come on, folks. I I gotta praise. I gotta praise. Hear me, devil. Hear me, doubt of unbelief. I I gotta praise. I gotta praise.
Hang on just a minute. Let me, let me poke that beehive just a minute. This is not my style of preaching. I could care less people worship or not, but, but we're in the Holy Ghost right now. I want to ask, I want to ask some of you good folk a question here. What if everything you've been praying and interceding for is contingent upon how you manifest his glory right now? Well, I pray five hours a day and fast six days a week. Good for you. But that doesn't mean you don't get to worship him when you're in his presence. I just, is this fair? I wonder if my son's miracle could be contingent upon my release of my carnality in worship today. I, I gotta praise, I gotta praise, and I gotta get it out. I gotta praise. Well, I, I gotta praise, I gotta praise, and I gotta get it out. I gotta praise. That's foolishness, preacher. No, it's apostolic worship. Preacher, come up here. Your pastor and bishop leaders acknowledge your ministry. I want you to come up here with me. 
I'll, I'll preach part two. I'll, I'll get to the. I'll get to my sermon later. If you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost, come right here.
You don't have to worry and wait on me. You don't have to worry and wait on me. You're in the presence of God. This is what we live for. This is what we're creating for. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. And release it. Don't look at me. Don't wait on me to tell you anything. Close your eyes and do what you feel in the Holy Ghost. Uh-huh. little different now, isn't it? You're not playing follow the leader. You've actually become the conduit for the miraculous. Go ahead. Go ahead. You'll start feeling your hands and your feet here. You'll feel like praying with somebody next. Come on, congregation. Come on, men and women of God. Be the conduit. Be the vessel. Be the conduit. Be the vessel. That's it. Go ahead. Let your hands go. Let your feet go. Just dance a while. Talk in tongues a while. Go ahead. That's it. I want to introduce you to the most vital tool of any apostolic church. You see, it was instituted as soon as Miriam dried off with the towel. Miriam come up out of the water, the Red Sea. And she said, my God, 
ain't never felt like that. She said, give me a tambourine and Miriam led God's people with a timbrel. Hang on. But this doesn't apply just to anybody. The timbrel and the dance only applies to those that have been born again of water and spirit. Yeah, walked you right into that one, didn't I? So if you've not been baptized or filled with the Holy Ghost, you don't have to do this. Or if you're just not thankful. I'll get to my sermon some other time. But this church, even this morning, you keep bumping this, this breakthrough. You keep bumping this new dimension. And, and then you, you just, it's almost like you're afraid to become radical. You're afraid to become. I believe in intellect and I believe in smarts. I'm, I'm almost done with my master's degree. I get it. I like it. I like the study. I like the word of God. Sometimes you just got to go. Why are you so afraid just to close your eyes and get after it? Mm -hmm. Ah, like that. Where did that go in the church? Close your eyes, close your eyes, close your eyes. Don't think about it. Just obey the Holy Ghost for about three minutes. Just three minutes. Can we give God everything for three minutes? 
just moved in here, right here, right here. This is Pentecost. This. Come on, folks. We got to get back to that. Let the high praises of God be in your mouth. Come on. Every nation, every kindred, every tongue ought to be divine worshipers. listen to me just for a moment brother Morgan wasn't here now and I I don't believe with all the stuff he's had going on he had the opportunity to go back and watch but this weekend so I'm saying that to prove that this is God work Thursday brother Shelton was here and if you remember the statement he made he said I feel the old Antioch and when we, we we hear that we think well we, we have a lot. But if you remember back, we always talk about the 1,500 people that got the Holy Ghost in those two years. We talk about all that stuff. And you know what? And the bishop would verify this, I believe, we, if he was here. We know more about spiritual warfare now than we did then. We know more about shame and structure. and I mean, we've got all of that now than we did back then. But what they had then, we don't have now. For those of you that remember that, they had crazy praise. I'm talking about, I'm not recommending this, but I'm talking about ladies who got the dancing so much, their slip fell off. They didn't even stop to put it back on. They just picked it up, started swirling around, and kept on going. 
I'm talking about the fact that we had to install traffic cops because we had so many people running. If we didn't have somebody monitoring, somebody would get hurt. Now, I can be corrected. I'm submitted and be corrected. But we got into this mentality. I don't know when it started. But when we begin to worship, everybody kind of comes down front. And we kind of create this little bit of a mosh pit. But the problem is it creates a, a, a divide. And now all the focus is here. We get into this whole deal. When this entire place is supposed to be a place of worship. I'm talking about when you came, you didn't know what you're going to see from cartwheels to somersaults to flips to rolling, all kinds of stuff. And somewhere along the line, we got sophisticated. I'm not preaching the man of God's message, but we got sophisticated and we got relying on all kinds of other stuff and we lost our radical plays. And I'm going to go a step farther and I'm going to get out there and I can be corrected. But when Mother Wright... Step down from worship. And let's be honest. Shh, you can't replace that ministry. Right. Right. You can't replace what she was to this church in ministry of music. But she taught through her ministry how to worship. But when she stepped out, we all stood back and pointed our fingers and waited for a new worship leader to arise that would do the same thing she did. And when God, and this is not a reflection on anybody, when God hasn't sent a new superstar, we sit back and go, well, this worship is not like it used to be when Mother Wright was here. Do you know why God hasn't sent, and Pastor Wright, and a bishop watching, if I'm wrong, you can correct me. You know why God hasn't sent a superstar? And this is not... Not a reflection on Sister Trish. She does an incredible job. She is our superstar. I'm not saying that. But you know why? Because it's not supposed to be about what's going on up here. It's supposed to be what's going on out here. And if it's about who's up here, it will never get out there. But it doesn't matter if they're white, they're black, they're rich, they're poor. They can sing a tune or they can't sing a tune. When we want to get to worship, it doesn't matter who's leading it. Because the song says, when I think about Jesus and all that he's done for me, not when they sing the song I like, not when they get the tune right, but when I think about Jesus. Ha. We need radical praise again. We, you know what? We need to make visitors feel uncomfortable because it's so crazy in here. They don't know what's going on. We need to get rid of the sophisticated, look good, act pretty, get your coat off, get your tie undone, bring a towel, jump around a little bit, make... You know what? You need to tell the people, most of y'all sit in the same spot every week and you get to know the people around them. Next week when you come back, you need to let the people on your road know, listen. Now I'm going to apologize before we start. Because I don't know what I'm going to do when we get going. And I'm just letting you know. I may float like a butterfly. I may sting like a bee. 
but you're going to have to back up a little bit because if I hurt you, it's not intentional. But when I get lost in praise, when I get lost in worship, I'm not going to hold back any longer. So if you don't want that to happen, you might need to go find somewhere else to sit because I'm declaring this area right here a radical praise zone. Oh, I wonder one more time if we could just let it happen. Just one more time. Can we just let it happen? Can we just let it happen? Come on. Do we have one more praise left in us? Do we have one more dance left in us? Do we have one more hallelujah left in us? Do we have one more thank you, Jesus, left in What it's done for me when I think about Jesus. How it set me free. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now I wonder if we could just do one more thing. It feels too good. I wonder if we could give a shout of praise with our mouth as loud as we can and shake this place with the sound of victory. Can we do that? Hallelujah. Yay! <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Yes! Now, I wonder if we could just do that one more time. But this time, let's do that to let hell know we got our praise back. Can we do that? Hallelujah. 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 Yes, 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 yes. Halabo shata bahaya, halabo kota bahaya. Yala la 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 maria, yala la bokosa, yala la bahaya. Rianda la la la, rianda la la la, rianda la 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 bahaya. Halabo rianda la la, rianda la bahaya. Halabo rianda la bahaya. Oh, now I wonder if we could just do this without the without the volume, but with the same magnitude. Can we just lift our hands as high as we can into heaven? And let's just open up our hearts, spirits, and let's just magnify him. Come on, you know, maybe it's not the same volume, but it's the same intensity. It's the same magnitude. Because now it's not just coming out of the the emotion and the, and the mind, but it's coming way down in the heart of the spirit. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Praise God.
Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Brother Morgan, for being willing to obey the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Let's just clap our hands one more time and give the Lord some praise and thanks. Hallelujah. Praise God. 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 Now, we're not going to dismiss because sometimes when we dismiss, we put a finality to it. This is not an end. This is only the beginning. So we're not going to just dismiss. I'm just going to put the mic down. You leave when you feel the lead. But we're not going to say this is the end of this because this is truly only the beginning of all this. Amen. 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 Amen.